look at your neighbor, bump them in the arm or something and just say, I love you. You're my brother. You're my sister. So take me by the hand. Together we're going to make it. Together we're going to stand. Wow, last night was amazing. It, it really was amazing. And Brother Steve Pate, all over my sermon, my wife, all over the sermon today, she didn't know what I was going to preach. This is one of the rare times I have that I did not take my sermon notes and hand them to her the night before and, and say, if you don't mind, just go over this and, and, and tell me what you think. She didn't know. And Steve talking about the blind. and I just To me, it's just I love how God can move on more than one of us to kind of get the same message out on a Sunday. And it, it's, it's confirmation. You know, you've heard that in church a lot of times. And if you've never had an ish, a, a, a scenario where confirmation kind of happened for you, it could have been a new job or uh, maybe just whatever. Something happened where you're like, wow, the chances of that and that and that. And then there was that. And, but I prayed about it. I don't know why I'm so amazed right now. I did pray for this, and God answered my prayer. When that happens and the confirmation happens, it, it really is, it makes you feel good. And it's, you feel like, man, I'm, I'm in the right place. I'm in the right place, and I've got my heart tuned into God. And, I want, and when you get to that place, and we're going to talk about that place today a, a few times. When you get to that place, you want to stay in that place. I want to stay in the presence of God. I want to stay. I want to abide. I want to abide with him and him abide with me. And I know that's church lingo. That's, that's, or that's Bible. Abide. Does anybody use abide in the daily sentences? No, I don't really use it that much. Let's just talk about how, how we, we talk and we say, I want God to stay with me. I want God to be with me. He is with you. And he, once he is with you, he wants to stay with you. For those that were here last night, I will say everybody in the house was touched. They were touched, but there were some here last night who were really, really touched. I mean, it was something that you really can't put your finger on it. And I've been a part of services like that before in my life. In my mind, I can think back to, you know, a time when I was seven years old. I remember a time when I was 12 or 13 years old, and there were some other times where I would be overcome by the presence of God so strong that it was very, very emotional. It was a time where I just really, really connected with God, and it was really a powerful moment. And there's several, I'd say 20 or 30 that were here last night, that they had that moment, and just to watch them have that I'm excited for those that are going to be here this weekend and this revival because there are people that are going to be here that there will be people that experience that that have never experienced it. And when I say good luck, good luck keeping them quiet. Good luck keeping them calm down because they're going to be doing this. Woo! Woo! And they're going to be just, and, and you're like, hey, chill. There's more Jesus next Sunday. You, can get, you ain't got to get it all right now. It, it's it's going to be amazing, but there is a place that you can get to. There is a time when you can be touched. And I want to bring up what uh, our family member, Nikki Ray, how she put it to a couple she was praying with. And just a precious moment, a very close moment with the Spirit of God and this couple that was praying together. 
uh, at the altar. And she walks up to him and she says, look at me in the eye. This is not religion. This is Jesus. And I'm sure a shirt is going to be made off of that. I like that. I like that. This is not religion. This is Jesus. So for many of you who are already texting Amy Pate right now, saying I'll take a blue in a medium or a schmedium. If you want to cover all the sizes, you say smudge. That's a joke, our little family joke. Small, medium, large, you get a smudge. All right, so it's not religion. It's just simply Jesus. And so Nikki was telling me this last night right over here, and I said, did you not hear me say that? I said that standing right here. She goes, I didn't even hear you say it. I said, well, I definitely didn't hear you because you're way over here in the noise and the crowd. But we were both thinking the same thing. It's just Jesus. It's not the preaching. It's not, it's not anything that we are doing except worshiping Him, lifting Him up, preaching His Word, delivering the Word, doing what He calls us to do, and then He moves in the room, He moves in the situation, and it's Jesus. It's Jesus that does the work. His presence. Today I want to preach to you with all that is involved in a touch because many people want to be involved with a touch. Many people, they come to church, they say, Man, I really want a touch. I want a touch of God. I pray for a touch of God, a touch of God, a touch. What is a touch? What is in a touch? Well, I'll tell you, I begin to think about a touch of God and I begin to, you know how many times I liken our relationship with God as with a man and a woman in a marriage and we're the bride of Christ and we're married to Him and you need to have a strong relationship and we've had all that talk and all that preaching before and now we know there is a closer walk. That old song, just a closer walk with thee. See, the younger generation, I think some of the reason they don't like some of our old songs is that we really got simple with our songs and we got real simple with the beat. It's like, just a closer walk with thee. Now, if those lyrics would have popped into the mind of somebody in this generation, it'd be like, just a closer walk with thee. Just a closer. I mean, it just, I don't even know how to do it. I can't do it like them. So sometimes we might have to kind of liven it up and, and speed it up and go from 4-4 time to some kind of other time to 7-11 or I don't, we'll mix it up and we'll lots of times. And, but it's the, it's the meaning of the song that's important. Just a closer walk with thee. We need a closer walk. You need a touch, a touch of God, a touch of heaven. You need it. We pray about it and we say, I want a touch. I want a touch. What is a touch? Let me know. Let me tell you how you know when something happens in a touch. Can anybody relate with me right now when I begin to talk about holding? So that I'm a man. I can't, I'm not going to say holding a man's hand. Women, you're just going to have to imagine that I'm saying holding a man's hand. Men, holding a woman's hand, a girl. It started a long time with me, a long time ago with me. Holding a girl's hand for the first time. I'm going to tell you what happened with me. My hand was completely fine and dry. This was a good hand to hold another hand. This hand was perfectly ready to, perfectly ready to hold a, a young girl's hand. And the moment that I reached in there 
at the Rosedale Skating Rink in Tyler, Texas on my roller skates, not my inline roller blades. We had roller skates. You know, we skated. And you could, you know, you were a really good skater when you, Chucky, you're already doing it. You, the cool guys that really got to hold the other girls' hands were the ones that could skate like this, where we learned how to do this. In the curves. Because you got the other dude who didn't, he wasn't quite as cool as me, and he's over there in the curve doing this number. Girls don't want to hold that dude's hand. They're wanting to hold the dude's hand that's in the, in the straightaway. And I'm not, I'm not, this is not bragging, but I really like to be good at anything that I do. If the boys say, hey, Dad, we're going to learn how to wakeboard. Fine with me. What's the biggest thing we can do? Jump to wake. Okay, let me try. Can we do a 360? Can we do a flip? I don't try those tricks now, but I will try to jump the wake. And I don't care. I've had bloody noses. It wasn't too long ago that I tried to jump the wake on a knee board and something happened in the process of that and the board hits me square in the face. And I'm like, woo! Did I get it? No, you didn't get it. You missed it by 20 feet. <laughs> but when I would roller skate, I would be in the straightaways and I'm just, I'm just smooth, one smooth. And then I learned how to get down and, and I would... I would put my foot out like this right here, and I would skate like this, and I would fold forward. God, help me to get up. <laughs> I, and uh, and but, so doing that, you're just showing out. You're just showing out. You're just showing out. And then there's this girl. I couldn't even tell you what this girl's name was. I just remembered that the moment that I touched her hand, the sweat glands. It's like every bit of sweat that was here drained down my arm. And it was like, I'm telling you, it was like drip, drip, drip. And I'm like, my God, she's going to think something's wrong with me. I mean, she's, she's got to be thinking right now, what? His hand is literally wet and slimy. What is? Something happened. There was a touch. I was fine. And there's been other times when, you know, you just, you put your hand or, or your arm around your, your date or you just touch a hand and you're like, uh, nothing. No, it's nothing. It's just, I'm okay. It's good. I just wanted to make that point that, believe it or not, there's a touch with God. You know, being touched by God is something that, you know that you know that you know. I could not make that up. I could not say hand. It sweat. It does not happen. Something happens in my spirit, in my makeup, in my body, in my soul. And the love and the emotion and everything. Something happens to just, wow, here we go. And holding hands with that young lady. And now thinking about, you know, reaching out to God and really touching God. You see, many of us want the miracle and we want the touch and we want to be used by God. We want the tools, but we don't want the touch. We want the blessing, 
But we don't want to go through the process of the breaking. We want the miracle, but we don't want to go through the mess. We want all of these things, and we pray, Lord, touch me, touch me, God, touch me, God. Well, are you willing to go through what it takes to have and receive a touch? Because that's what I'm telling you I want to talk about today and preach to you about is touch me, Jesus. That's the title of this message today. Just touch me, Jesus. I need a touch from you. Are we willing to do what it takes to have the touch? Do you really want to experience the touch? Do you really want to experience maybe the embarrassment or the pride kind of getting adjusted a little bit in the process of having a touch? My pride was humbled when I reach over there and grab her hand and all of a sudden I'm sweating. I'm, I'm embarrassed. I'm, a little, I'm like, okay, this is embarrassing. This is embarrassing. But looking back, you know, I was like, oh, but I'm embarrassed. But wow, my heart's beating fast and I'm kind of digging this. I like this. This, wow, just ooh, let's skate some little longer. We're going to skate a little longer. And that was fun and that was exciting. And God's got something that's way more fun and way more exciting, way deeper than a a relationship with the, how we're talking about with a boy and a girl. But I want to make that correlation to you today because it's important when you're looking at a touch of God, what is involved in the touch. Jesus fed the 5,000 and he was able to do that through a breaking. You know, you can have two loaves of bread that are just two loaves of bread. <clears throat> you can have just a service that you go to. You can have just... A, a time where you're in the presence of God. You're just around God. You know, you can have your two loaves of bread experience. But two loaves of bread can feed a few people. Two loaves of bread touched by God. Two loaves of bread with the touch of Jesus. That can feed 5,000, 6,000, 7,000. The sky is the limit. It's in the touch is where the miracle is. Tell somebody it's time to receive your touch. It's time to receive my touch. I want you to go with me. Turn in your Bibles, if you will, to Mark. Mark chapter 8. Beginning of the New Testament, if you're looking for it, go to the middle, turn right. Mark chapter 8. I want to read 22, starting in verse 22, and they're going to follow along with me. The healing of a blind man at Bethsaida. They came to Bethsaida. Some, this is from the NIV. And some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. To touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, Do you see anything? You, are you talking about through the spit or? I, do you see anything? We'll get to that in a minute. But do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Last verse, and we'll stop with verse 25. Once more. Those two words that are important in this scripture to me. There's a lot. There's a lot to be learned in three or four little verses. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened, his sight was restored, 
And he saw everything clearly. Everything. I'm telling you today, church, in the blessing, in the touch, God wants to take care of everything. He doesn't want to just give you a little touch. He doesn't want to just barely move in your situation. He wants to take care of everything. He wants you to see everything clearly. He wants your life to be better. He wants your life to be whole. You're called to have a, a marriage that's made whole. And how they were, she was talking today, we're not just here to just be saved and just get by, just you know, get in by the hair that's on our chinny chin chin. You know that old, she, she brought it up, not by the hair of my, getting in by the hair of your chinny chin chin. She, she brought up that old nursery rhyme or something. I don't want to just skate into heaven. I don't want to just barely skate by, just barely get into heaven. I want, I want to make it, yes, but my goal is not to just, just make it. I want to walk in to heaven one day and be welcome like, well, you know, does the Bible not say this? Well done. You know, there's medium well. There's raw. There's well done. Listen, there's well, I want to hear well done. I don't want to hear, well, we were really concerned. Surprise! I made it. No. Anticipate. Well done. Well done. Let's go. Get in here. We know you. Get in here. We yes. Roll on, baby. Come on in. Who's who are you? Oh. I never knew you. Depart from me, worker of iniquity. Cast into and oh I don't have to say it. You know the ones that don't know, they're gonna know in the end. You need to have that relationship. And it comes, it starts with this touch that we're gonna talk about today and what is involved in a touch. But let's look at the things that happen in this miracle. And, and it's not very much scripture, but there's a lot to unwrap with this, I believe. First, there was an understanding, and they knew, they knew that he needed more than just regular church. More. Not just regular church. There was a desperate need. If you look at verse 22, it says, they begged him. They begged Jesus to touch him. We have to understand that there are some things we cannot be taught out of. Taught, not talked, T-A-L-K-E-D. I'm talking about taught, lessons, Bible studies. There are some things that you can't just be taught out of. There is something that needs to be a touching. Instead of a, just teaching, there needs to be a touching. Teaching informs me. Touching transforms me. I'm going to say that again. Teaching informs me. Touching transforms me. 
And you, my friend, you, my brother, you, my sister, you need a transformation. And I love our Tuesday nights. But if you lock in on preaching, if you lock in on just a classroom setting, and you look, lock in on just, I need teaching, I need more teaching, I need another video, I need another sermon, I need to listen to more music, I've got to get myself right, I need to get me right, I've got to, how can, let me read how to do this. Yes, this is great, this is great, but you need the full meal deal. If you don't know what I'm talking about there, Dairy Queen, full meal deal, you need the burger, the fries, and the blizzard. The full meal deal. You don't just go in and say, I just wanted some teaching. I need some good, solid teaching. I need Bible teaching. Yes, you do. But that teaching is good for you. But what's going to transform you is that touch. We can do and do and manufacture and manufacture and we can sing till we're blue in the face. But until you reach out and touch God, you need a touch. And they knew that he needed a touch. They didn't take him to the rabbi and say, Rabbi, teach him, teach him, teach him. He's blind. We know he's blind, but teach, teach, teach. No, they, they took him there and they said, Jesus, touch him. Jesus, what? we don't need anything else. We can get to that in a minute, but right off the bat, what we need is we need a touch. We need you to touch him. And this revival that's coming up, what's going to happen? They're going to come in. It's going to be the first thing. It's going to be just like the first thing that happens in a relationship between a boy and a girl or a man and a woman. First thing right out of the box is going to be looks. Why are y'all looking at me like that? Every one of y'all, you're sitting beside somebody. If you're married today, you're like, first thing, you're like, well, she's hot. Man, look at that man right there. He, he is so good looking. I mean, I'm not talking about what we're dealing with now. I'm talking about 40 years ago. I'm, yeah, come on. Y'all know y'all did that. Y'all probably got the old handwritten letters that somebody saved or tucked in a drawer and the hearts, and you know how the girls did it on the edges. They do the little line with the flower and the line with the flower. I still have a napkin. I got a napkin. I save everything. I got a napkin where Brienne Pate wrote to me when I was working at Outback Steakhouse in Tyler as a busboy. And I would park back behind the restaurant, and she would, stick the, she would come to the restaurant and act like they're hungry. And had, oh, we're just going to happen to eat here. And then they come in and they eat. And she would write on a napkin, I love you, I miss you, I can't wait to see you. And, and, and put that on my windshield wiper or tuck it in the handle of the car. And I've got those notes. And that was the start of something that was a, it was a touch. Something was going on right there. There was a communication going on there. And there was a touch that was developing. And they knew that in order for him to get what he really, really needed, there had to be a touch Remember, teaching informs me, touching transforms me. Next thing that we do, what we look at in the scripture is they lead him outside the village. Some of us need to realize that who you're with, who you are surrounding yourself with, there's a miracle that needs to happen. You see, God knew what he was going to do. It was not like, let me lead him outside the village and listen, how can we get creative with this? What can I do? No, listen, what can, well, I got an idea. No, I've done that one before. I've healed so many people. I just, I just, let's, and maybe he did. I'm, I'm not speaking for Jesus, but I got to kind of think that he's such an intentional God that he knows that he knows that he knows. And I have a feeling, I'm going to talk about it today like this, where he knows that what he's about to do, 
He knows what's about to happen, and we've already read about it. It involves spit on the eyes. So when you've got a situation where you know what's about to happen, God knows what you're praying. Lord, I need a miracle. I need a touch. I need a miracle. I need a touch. I'm telling you today, some of you need to remove yourself and get yourself away from the influence of others that you, when the miracle happens and the touch starts to happen, they're going to be over there saying, that is the dumbest thing. I cannot believe. How would you? How could you? This is, this is stupid. I cannot believe. You're telling me that you go to a church and you're jumping up and down and you're raising your hands and you're clapping and you're raising your voice. I mean, what, what, all it's just, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're just, you're just so on fire. I mean, I'm experiencing a touch. Sorry, not sorry. So be careful about who you're around. And he took him outside the city and he gets him away from all the naysayers. He gets him away from all the ones who are going to say, that's dumb. You look like an idiot. Well, I'm an idiot that can see. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He knew that there would be ones that would say, hey, we know better. So why away? Why did he take him away? You need to make sure that you are getting that time when you want to, because this is the things that need to happen in a touch. How many, I mean, everybody, if I said raise your hand, everybody's going to say, I want to touch. I want to touch. I want to experience a touch of God. There would not be a hand that would be down today. We all want that touch. And in that touch, something has to happen. You need to get alone with God. He took him away. He took him out of what he was in. You have to have that time when you are alone with God. There were times when you were alone, and I hope y'all were good with your girlfriend and your boyfriend. And there were some times when you've been alone. And in those times where you were alone, there were things that, you know, might have happened. I mean, it's okay. You can laugh. It's okay. Y'all all confessed, and there's been deliverance and all that stuff. So listen, my point is you need that alone time with God. A special touch, a special touch, you need to have a time away from it. And this is, I'm, this is with God. So let me tell you, a, a man texted me the other day and he was like, man, well, first of all, I, I, did, I made a post on, on committed man and I begin to talk about men. We've got to be careful that we do not... Just drive to work and have these times when we could have some alone time with God and we have alone time just in our head and it's just quiet. And I confessed and I said, I used to drive to work every time I would drive, not every day because I've got an every third day schedule, but when I would drive to work, I would turn the radio off, I would go silent and just get in my own head. Silence. I mean silence. And this man texted me and he said, I do the same thing. The only problem is I drive to Odessa. And he said, I'm driving seven, eight hours to work, silence. Now, what he has said to himself, he says, I say to myself, 
that's my time to get psyched up. That's my psych time. I get psyched up about going to work. And he said, when I'm coming home from work, that seven, eight-hour drive home, he said, I just chill. I, it's, it's time for me to just let my mind relax and, and relax and to kind of forget about work and kind of get in the mode of being back home. But he did say this. He said, it has been, after hearing you talk on Committed Man and all the things that I've missed out on, I have missed out on some alone time with God and it has been a detriment to my marriage. Men, women, if you want to get your marriage back to what it needs, you need some alone time with God. Do not miss out on alone time with God. You need to get away. God is saying to somebody today, just like he says in the scripture, and I read it, and it, it, it speaks to me. It says, he took him away to get him away, to get him alone where he could bless him and talk to him. So I changed my routine. And now I put in earbuds, AirPods, Air, I don't know, what, things in my ear. They laugh at me. My kids laugh at me. I, I'm going to say it wrong on purpose just to get under their skin. Get a little dig on them. So I put those in and I'm careful about how many lane changes I make because I don't hear traffic at that point. And I will play something that allows me to just pray with it and say, Lord Jesus, I need you today. Lord, speak to me. I told the man in my text, I said, a lot of times I just pray this, Jesus, speak to me. Jesus, speak to my heart. Speak to my heart. Lord, I want to hear from you today. I want to hear from you. And then about halfway through my trip, I'm probably going to turn on some, some good music or a sermon, and I'm going to get something good, and I'm not, I'm, it's an hour there and an hour back, and you start adding it up, adding it up all year long. All of the blessing and all of the alone time that you just missed out on, you wasted it. You didn't experience it. We wanted it when we were dating, right? Yeah, we wanted that alone time. We wanted that time. But don't miss, don't miss the blessing. It's that place. It happened last night. It's going to happen this weekend. And you say to yourself, how will I know, preacher? How will I know that I'm in that place? How did I know something was happening with that girl? I, I'm telling you, you will know that you know that you know. You'll be praying. You'll be seeking the face of God. And it'll be like, man, I have done this and done this and done this. Jeez. Mm, nothing. Nothing. You're going to reach a point where you're sick and tired of just showing up to church and, I love you, Jesus. Love me back. God, I love you so much. Just love me. Fix my problems. Fix me, God. There's going to be a moment. There's going to be a moment in your life. And we don't want it to be that last moment at the judgment. We want it to happen way, 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 way before that because God has called you to be somebody who is on fire for Him, a disciple leading others. You are not here to just be a bump on a log, a bump on a pew. You are called to be a disciple, to bring others to Christ, to invite others to a revival, to do the work of Him, be the hands and feet. That's what you're called to do. So if you're not doing that, you're not doing the will of God. You making a lot of money, that's not the will of God. My goodness. We are blessed to be a blessing. If you make a lot of money, then you need to be given a lot of money. If you have a lot of time, then you need to be given a lot of time. Some of y'all, you work and work and work, and you don't have the time to, to devote and volunteer, and you feel guilty about it. Stop feeling guilty. 
I'll say it right now. Stop feeling guilty. You give in what you can do. God has blessed some people to be millionaires and be busy as all get out and they can't come up here and sweep the life center. That is actually probably something that is beneath them because God says, you know what? I called you to leave 500 employees and build a business up and be a millionaire so that what you can give now is your treasure. So go be, go be successful. For those that aren't, millionaires and they have time we give what we can't give of your time give of your talent if you can play an instrument if you can sing don't sit on that gift so stop feeling guilty for all the things you don't do and let's be glad and and, and happy for the things that you can do amen I said that not too long ago, and, and I was talking about a prayer service, and I said, we're not going to guilt people that we don't see here at a prayer service. And it was brought to my remembrance the other day in a discussion, and I thought, you know what, that is so good. I'm glad to think about that again, because my old way was to guilt people, in, and I wouldn't talk to them. I wouldn't say it to their face. i say it behind their back. You know, so-and-so don't ever come to this. So-and-so, man... They don't ever do this. They don't ever give. They don't ever do that. I mean, they're stingy. They don't, they don't help. They just show up. They're just, boy, they just me, 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 me. And I would talk about people in my Christian, in my Christian suit that I wore. Now my whole outlook has changed. I'm not going to guilt people. I'm going to be thinking, I'm going to be thinking the best. I'm going to be thinking, you know what? They're probably at home praying for me right now. I'm over here talking about them, and they're at home praying that I will get Jesus in my life. And praise God for the ones who prayed for me when I was rotten and filthy and, and just as lost. So I'm telling you, that place is where God wants to touch you. Verse 23, we're moving right along. 32 minutes in. Y'all, if we get this under 40 minutes, we're going to clap because it's a record. I'm actually trying. Verse 23, and when he had spit, when he had... Oh, he had spit on the man's eyes. Could this be an example of how Jesus expects, expects us to treat our own pride? Could this be an example of how he, he expects us to act in the process of the miracle? But that's messy. That's going to mess with my image and my look. Be careful that you don't miss the miracle because you are too picky about the method. Don't miss what God wants to do in your life because your image and the way you look and the way people perceive you as you've got it all together. I will tell you as a personal testimony from myself, whenever the miracle happened in my life, things got messy and I finally got to the point where I said Jesus you are in control break me rearrange me I am absolutely tore up from the floor up now I need you to build me back from the floor up and I need you Jesus I need you Jesus touch me that's this was my prayer right here it was simple just, Jesus, touch me. Jesus, touch me. Jesus, I need you. Lots of times in the truck with the songs playing, the good songs now, and just tears and, and just crying and saying, Lord, I need you. I'm so sorry, God, for so many. 
So many, so, so many wasted hours and hours of waste where I didn't read, I didn't pray, I didn't seek God, and it was just such a waste. How many of you will raise your hands in here and by faith you're going to say, I feel like I've got at least 20 more years on this earth? Some of y'all? Come on, by faith, I want every one of y'all, if you're 80 years old, I want you to live to be 100. Come on. How many of you think you're going to make a hundred in Jesus' name? Oh, yeah. Woo. A hundred. How many of you are going to go 105? Anybody 105? I love how some of y'all, have, I don't love it, but I'm like, some of y'all will be like, well, I'm good with a hundred. <laughs> I feel like at a hundred, I'm going to hurt. I don't want to go 105. I don't want to go 101. My point is, that's a lot of hours. That's a lot of moments. If you've got 10 years left on this earth, that's a lot of hours. That's a lot of moments. Quit feeling guilty about what you didn't do. Start over. You know, there was an instance that we need to think about here. The thief on the cross. Lord, I'm sorry. Please remember me. I don't want to carry my life of doing nothing all the way to dying. And I will tell you, it has been a very sobering thought as a pastor because in the short span of three years, I have prayed with people who they called. I didn't know about them. I didn't even know these people. Some of them, I didn't know them. And a family member says, hey, can you come pray with my dad? Hey, can you come pray with my granddad? Hey, can you come pray with my brother? He's dying. He wants to get right with God. Don't be that person. It's okay to, I'm happy for that person, but you're here, you're breathing, you got a lot of life, and you got a lot of years. And some of y'all have said, Lord, I promise, I promise. And you got hopes, you got dreams, I want to do this, I want to do it. Do it. Come on, join with us. This is a church that's going places. We're going somewhere. We're going to need all the help we can get. And we're going to get on board. We're going to do. We're going to do. We're going to sing. We're going to show up. We're going to come to church. We're going to forget about the things that aren't important and make the other thing that is very important, this word, this communication with God, our community, this church, this involvement, bringing others to Jesus, that's the most important thing. That's the thing that when you pull up your calendar on your phone, when you pull up that calendar, you need to say, number one, I got this, this, and this, and this is God's time. This is God's time. If everything else fits in there, I'll do it. But if it doesn't fit, I don't work my schedule around what I want to do. I work my schedule around what God is going to do and what he is doing. That's how I live. But that's messy. I don't want to miss that miracle because I'm worried about the method. Watch this. Read in verse 23 through uh, 24. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. How did he know what trees even looked like if he was blind? Maybe 
He once had vision and lost it. Maybe you're here today and you had a hope. You had a dream. You had a vision of where you thought God would have you at 45 years old, at 50 years old, 60 years old, whatever you are. And you're like, I really thought that God would have me here at a moment in my life where I'm at right now. I really thought that God, in the, I had a touch of God and I thought that was going to be the U-turn. I thought things were going to turn around and that was going to be my U-turn and everything was going to straighten up and I was going to be on the straight and narrow and I will be doing good. And I don't have that, but I had a vision, and I lost that vision. If he had vision before, then that explains why he says, well, I see blobs, and in my best recollection, I, this kind of kind of looks like when I was a child, and I would see trees, and that kind of, that, I know they're moving, but it kind of looks like trees moving. That would explain that. Maybe he had just an idea of what trees were, because we don't know. Maybe he had been blind from birth. Eye has not seen. Maybe just maybe he just had an idea. Eye has not seen. Ear has not heard. My heart hasn't conceived what God has prepared for those that love him. So even if you didn't have the vision for yourself, even if you didn't even know what God was wanting to do in your life, I'm telling you, you can have this moment. You can have this touch where all of a sudden you have spiritual like deja vu. Where you're like, wow. It's almost like I had a, I've never seen my husband coming to church and living for God. And I've never seen him have a day where he didn't blank, 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 and blank, 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 and slap that kid, and slap that kid, and drink that, and smoke that, and shoot that. I've never seen that. I've never seen that. I have never in my life, as long as I've known him, I know it's not right, but I married a bad boy. I've just never seen him be good. But, I, you know, I had a vision. I had a vision one time. I had a hope. I had a prayer and a dream that maybe, maybe one day, and I, you've never seen it, but now you see it. You need to know that God is intentional. He, you need to know that He's an intentional God. And when you don't see what you want to see, and it's quiet, and nothing is happening that you expect, and you think needs to happen, you need to know that he's doing a work when you don't even know he's doing a work. When it's quiet, it's not quiet, and he's not doing something because he just, that's just, no, no. He's doing it, he's being quiet on purpose. He's not moving in your time on purpose. He's intentional. He knows exactly. If you can be the one who puts everything in alignment that we see in this world, in this universe, and everything around us down to the microscopic level. And I love how the atheist, we, well, we're 41 minutes, we missed it. I love how even the atheists, when they see something like the way the wrist works and the nerves and the fibers and the, and the fluid and the movement, and they say, it's a good design. That's a good design. But there's other things about the human body, and there's other things about the flower and the ants and the trees. It's not just no bunch of... It's not a good, I read that one time from an atheist that said, it's not a good design. Okay, I, I'm going to go with that. Who designed it? It's not a good design. Come on. Praise team, y'all come on up. We're going to shut this thing down. God is ready to make clear the vision. If you would, just stand with me. God is ready to make clear the vision. What he put in your heart, the promise you've been holding on to, he is ready to make 
clear the vision. And whatever it costs, whatever has to happen, just know that your miracle sometimes can be messy. And what you're about to go through and what you may have to go through, it might be messy. But God is wanting to move in your life in a stronger way, in a better way. He's wanting to do more and more and more. But sometimes we got to just reserve our fact, ourselves to the fact that it might get messy. If I'm going to get my miracle, I'm not going to be worried about some spit in my eye. I'm going to be saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that I can see through this spit to see some blobs that are moving around like trees. But that's not where he stopped. And if you read that scripture, somebody reads this scripture and they think the wrong thing and they think, well, Jesus, he... I don't know what happened. So many times, raised from the dead. Miracle, miracle, miracle. He spits on this guy's eyes and he's not fully healed. Did Jesus fail? Did he mess up? No, no. He did not. Could it be that he's trying to tell us and teach us a lesson in this scripture and in this story and even to that man? If it's not done, I'm not finished. If it's not done, I am not finished. I just need to know if you want more. Do you want a second touch? Because in verse 25 it says, once more. So that second touch, once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened. His sight was restored. And he saw everything clearly. The touch that he received was not a tease. God's not here to tease you today. The touch was not a tease. The touch was just a way of saying, if you want more, there's more. It is, I'm not here to tease you. I'm not here. What he's really here to do, he's really here to please us. It ain't no tease. It's going to be a please. And he's saying, do you want more? Are you willing to come back for that second touch? Are you willing to be honest? You know, I like to think about the honesty of the man. Because he could have said, well, that was pretty embarrassing. If you spit in my eye for me to see people walking around as trees and blobs, I'm a little worried about what you might be trying to think, what you got up your sleeve, Jesus, on the next second touch blessing. But when you get to a place where I was at and Jesus said, I'm fixing to smash your world. I'm fixing to break you up. You're going to have to apologize to everybody you know in your life. And it's going to get messy and things are going to happen. And I was like, Jesus, I don't care. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Lord, whatever you got to do, break me. Break me. Break me. Break me. Lord, I want you. I got to have you. Well, heads up. The second blessing might be a little bit more. But he was not worried about that second touch. I mean, if he hears Jesus over there just like. What he's really thinking is, I don't even care, man. I'm already seeing like 50% better than what I saw just like a second ago. Another touch is coming. Jesus didn't spit in the man's eyes again. The man was honest. He said, I can see, but I can't see just quite as well as I'd like to. 
And so, Jesus, I need you to touch me one more time. And Jesus said, that's all I wanted to hear. That's all I was waiting on. I was only waiting on you to make your way to an altar one more time. But, Lord, I've been to an altar 50 times. I don't care. How, how much are you willing to seek me? Are you willing to seek me? Are you willing to come after me? Come on, church. Are you willing to seek God? If you've received a touch in your life, that's not the last touch. I didn't hold my hand or hold the hand of my wife and think that was great. I'm excited for that touch. I'll probably never hug her or love her ever again. No. Daily, daily, a relationship, daily, another touch is coming. Don't let the touch that you receive as a teenager be a tease where you just say, I'm, you know what? That's it. I don't, I don't need any more. I don't need any more. Be like this blind man that was healed. He was honest. And he said, I really can't see everything that I need to see. So you need to know this. If everything, because the Bible says he saw everything clearly. If you don't see everything, if you're not experiencing everything clearly, then know this. God is not finished. He is not finished. Look at somebody and say, he's not finished. He's not finished. He's not finished. They're gonna, they're gonna, well, I forgot, we gotta baptize. How many are we baptizing today? Three more. We baptized five last night. Praise God. As they're getting ready, these altars are open. Why don't we pray right now? Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you would move in this place as you already have. Lord, for those that need deliverance, for those that need a healing, for those that need to come back and make a new commitment to you, to turn their life to you, and to give their heart to you in a new and a greater manner. Join with the church. Come on. Come on, church. Right now, let's pray for these people that need to make this move. Jesus. Let's start saying it. Jesus, move. Jesus, move. Jesus, move. Jesus, we need your presence. We don't need religion. We need Jesus. We, this is not religion. This is Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we need your spirit, Lord. We need your spirit. We need it. We need it. In the name of Jesus, these altars are open. If you are here today, this message spoke to you and you need somebody to pray with you. You make your way to this altar. Make a move. Make a move. Say, I need a second touch. I need a third touch. I need a hundredth touch. I've been, a, I've been coming to church my whole life and I've just never received exactly what I need to receive. Today is your day. If it's not done, He's not finished. Come on, get your blessing. Get your blessing. It's up to you. It's up to you. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing when you get in that place. How do you know that you're in that place? How do you know that you've received that touch? You're going to know that you know that you know you're going to know it happens how does it happen come on you got to reach out you got to you got to pray you got to reach out come on in jesus name church why don't we just begin to worship god let's don't look around right now there's some there's some up here that are really seeking for a special touch from god let's join with them let's let's support them in prayer let's support them in worship father we bless your name we bless your name. We need you, Jesus.
All right, let's go with this baptism. Julio, you're up. Upon the confession of faith and the obedience to the word of God, I baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins in Jesus' name. Father, move. Holy Ghost, fall. 
Holy Ghost fall. We can't do it, God. You got to do it. We get out of the way. We are out of the way, God. It's all your spirit. It's all glory to God. Somebody say all glory to God. All glory to God. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, Holy Ghost fall. Holy Ghost fall. If there's somebody out in the crowd that's praying and seeking God, just find them. Put your hand on their shoulder. Pray for somebody in the crowd. Pray for somebody. Find somebody. Bless them. Jesus, Jesus, dwell among us. Dwell among us.